0: It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish. Abortion on the ballot. We begin in Florida, where the state Supreme Court is hearing a pivotal case right now. The attorney general set to ask that court to keep a wide-ranging abortion access measure off the ballot in November. Here's Matt Staver with the Liberty Council.
1: There's four words that doom this amendment. No law shall restrict. That is breathtakingly broad. And it substantially disrupts the functions of all three branches of government.
0: The language on the bill says no law shall prohibit, penalize, delay or restrict abortion. CBS legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum says on this one, he agrees with the Liberty Council.
2: It shouldn't matter to the court what the subject matter is, abortion, taxes or even a new football stadium, just that the language meets state rules.
0: If successful, the measure would undo the state's abortion bans and would be a significant blow to Governor Ron DeSantis and conservative lawmakers. Florida currently bans abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Five of the seven justices are pro-life on that court and were appointed by DeSantis himself. Florida is one of a handful of red and purple states pushing to get measures on the ballot in 2024. There were a streak of wins for the pro-choice movement last year in Kansas and Ohio. Search and rescue crews in california are looking for a missing military helicopter with five marines aboard it took off near las vegas last night but could not reach miramar near san diego because of that atmospheric river that's still in the region nine deaths blamed in california on that storm and more than 300 mudslides after three days of heavy rain
2: the danger is not over yet the ground is so saturated here we could see trees falling and more mudslides.
0: Another storm is on the way in Southern California. Plan B, the U.S. Senate is going to try a test vote on border security today. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer leading the charge, even though he's pretty sure the votes aren't there. Wisconsin Republican Ron Johnson says there's no hope.
3: I think this bill is dead, is unfortunate, because I, every Republican I know serving in Congress wants to secure the border, and we had a real opportunity to do
0: so. If today's vote fails, Schumer has already said that he plans to drop the border provisions and vote on other parts of the bill, like aid to Ukraine and Israel. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Israel right now in Tel Aviv, engaged in hostage negotiations on the war in Gaza. The
1: hostages
2: are foremost on our minds and in our hearts.
0: He spoke on the latest response from Hamas and their proposals.
2: We're looking at it Intensely,
0: Hamas is asking for three phases, 45 days each, that would include the withdrawal of all Israeli troops from Gaza and the release of hostages. Take two, House Republicans are not giving up in their push to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary despite a narrow defeat. We can bring the articles of, of impeachment back to the floor maybe as early as next week. The House failed to pass a resolution to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas Tuesday night after a small group of Republicans Republicans broke from their party and voted on no impeachment. Here's CBS's Scott McFarland.
1: They thought they had the numbers to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, making him the second ever U.S. Cabinet member to be impeached, and they came up short.
0: California Republican Tom McClintock, one of the House Republicans who voted against it.
1: I think he's been a disaster for the country. I think that, that the open borders policy uh, has placed our nation at serious risk. The problem, though, is doing a bad job is not grounds for impeachment under our
0: Constitution. Virginia Republican Congressman Ben Klein was asked on Fox News this morning if the Senate won't impeach Mayorkas, why is the House still trying?
2: His failure to enforce our immigration laws has resulted in the deaths of thousands of Americans, whether it's from fentanyl, whether it's from violent crime, so he has to go.
0: Losing against no one. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley lost the Nevada Republican presidential primary yesterday 62 to 30 percent. Voters opted to choose none of these candidates instead of Haley. A conflict of rules resulted in Donald Trump not being on the ballot. Haley has vowed to stay in the race. The North American Aerospace Defense Command says four Russian warplanes were detected off the coast of Alaska. The aircraft were tracked in the Alaska Air Defense Identification Zone on Tuesday. They remained in international airspace and did not enter American or Canadian sovereign airspace. The final report is in. The report on that door plug blowout on the Boeing 737 MAX 9 plane. It showed that four key bolts appeared to be missing. The National Transportation Safety Board on Tuesday released the data about the incident that happened during a January 5th Alaska Airlines flight. The report noted the door plug had been removed to repair rivets damaged during production. It's getting harder to tell whether something you see online is real or the product of artificial intelligence, but maybe a label will help you as you're scrolling.
4: Google had already announced that AI labels are coming to YouTube and its other platforms. Now, Meta says the same thing will happen for Facebook and Instagram users, a made by AI type label to make it easier to identify real images and eventually video and audio.
0: That's CBS's Matt Piper. Scientists at Stanford University are developing a blood test that could detect cancer much earlier than before. The test could reportedly tell when patients are cancer free as well, so they can stop their medications sooner. And who are you rooting for this Sunday? Americans are split over who they want to win the Super Bowl. People in the West tend to be rooting for the 49ers, and in the Midwest, there is more support for the Chiefs. For just over half the country, it doesn't matter who wins. Still to come on the Noon Report, Donald Trump makes the Empire State ballot, a closer look at legalizing marijuana in Pennsylvania, and a dozen high schoolers that stopped a drunk school bus driver in Franklinville, New York. Those stories after a peek at weather.
3: Good afternoon, I'm Kevin Willie calling kind for the tranquil weather pattern to continue a while longer. I'll have the details in the forecast coming your way in 10 minutes.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Check in the stories, making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. Donald Trump is officially on the primary ballot in New York. The New York State Board of Elections took a vote yesterday after being flooded with mail asking for the former president's
1: removal. Much correspondence has been received uh, regarding ballot access for former President Trump asking us to remove him from the ballot. The commissioners and the
0: staff have all reviewed each and every piece of correspondence received. GOP commissioners say none of the letters qualified as an official objection, which requires specific steps after a candidate files a certificate for access.
4: These rules are in place to provide due process to all candidates so that they have an opportunity to answer
1: any objections made to their
0: That means Trump is in, also on the Republican primary ballot. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie and tech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, even though the last two are no longer in the race. Three men in a room. President Biden will make an appearance in New York City with his predecessors, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton in March. Family Life's Mark Webster has a preview.
2: The president is teaming up with Obama and Clinton for a New York City fundraiser aimed powering up donations for his re-election campaign. The threesome traded social media posts to reveal their plans, Biden saying, quote, folks, I'll be in New York City March 28th. Who's coming with me? Obama responded on X saying, let's finish the job. Clinton replied, count me in. Biden replied jokingly, you guys know you can just call me next time, right? Biden raised $97 million in the final three months of last year. It was a record among all Democratic candidates at this point in the cycle. Donald Trump's political operation amassed $130 million in the final months of last year. Mark Webster, Family Life News. A
0: state judge has okayed a law allowing more New Yorkers to vote early by mail ruling against Republicans who argued the measure was unconstitutional. Justice Christina Ryba of the Albany Supreme Court said in a brief but forceful order that quote, the state legislature has broad discretion to implement election procedures. Republicans have signaled they will appeal, calling it a move away from election security. Governor Josh Shapiro's second budget is out in Pennsylvania, he proposed an extra 1.1 billion dollars for public schools, a 1,000 dollar cap on college tuition per semester for those making under 70,000 a year, and the legalization of recreational marijuana. Republicans had this to say afterward. Your Senate President Pro Tempore Kim Ward: We heard not a moderate Governor Shapiro, but obviously a very. Uh, liberal minded Governor Shapiro. She called the budget rainbows and unicorns. John DeVoe, the director of state affairs for the nonprofit Smart Approaches to Marijuana tells Fox 43.
1: They're going to see a 17 percent increase in substance use disorders. You're going to see a 35 percent increase in chronic homelessness and a 13 percent increase in arrests across the state.
0: The budget now goes to lawmakers and we watch to see what gets approved. An upstate New York man has joined the long list of suspects arrested and charged for their roles in the Capitol Six riots on January 6 2021. The U.S. Justice Department announced James Weeks, 55 of SOTUS, was arrested by the FBI in Albany on February 1st. He made an initial appearance on multiple felony and misdemeanor charges, including assaulting an officer during the breach of the U.S. Capitol as Congress was set to count the electoral votes in the 2020 presidential election. A school bus driver in New York allegedly drove a bus of high school students to a ski trip last week with a blood alcohol level of 2.0. That's two and a half times what's legally allowed. WIVB reporter Sarah Minkowitz says the teens from Franklinville, New York faked a bathroom break to persuade the driver to pull over. In the middle of the night, there was a single restaurant open. In the dark.
1: Here on Route 16 is where Natalie
0: Alvott pulled over the school bus she was driving. Then a group of teens ran inside the Ishua Valley Country Club, crying hysterically, and told a waitress they think their
4: driver is under the influence. Not a
0: single person heard. Alvott was charged with 12 counts of endangering the welfare of a child and aggravated driving while intoxicated. That's a felony. The teens say she was swerving and driving the wrong direction just before they got her to stop. Plans to build a major film studio in the city of Buffalo have been paused. Our
4: goal was to be the next studio in Buffalo, not the last studio in Buffalo.
0: Buffalo Studios says when they started the plan, the cost was $80 million, but post-pandemic and with inflation, it's ballooned to over $120 million, and they can't get the financing. Matt Fleckenstein is the Buffalo Studios CEO.
4: Continue to monitor the markets. In the meantime, you know, we're also talking about potential pivots, different ways we can get involved uh, locally. uh, And, you know, we're still here in the interim to support the growth of the industry as much as we can. The original design would
0: have brought the first true Hollywood movie studio to western New York on a 27-acre campus. Yesterday was Child Care Advocate Day in Albany, which drew more than 300 parents to rally at the legislative office building. Emily Rathburn is a research and policy analyst with the children's agenda
1: we are looking for increased funding that's going to support our children in our state and in our communities
0: she says better funding for child care will translate into economic growth by providing working parents better child care options coal used to be king but now it's becoming a headache in one schoolkill county community in pennsylvania residents are frustrated at the number of coal trucks coming through the town of gerardville that are dumping coal dust everywhere
1: Centralia into Ashland into Girardville is terrible.
0: Cheryl Lotzko told WNEP it's damaging her car.
1: If you take... A clean car after the car wash You might as well go back to the car wash
0: Gerardville <laughs> officials say the borough is working To reduce the speed limit from 35 To 25 miles an hour To slow down the coal trucks that are Traveling through and it's all about Quality of life if you're looking for a good Place to live along the east coast Five upstate New York cities made The top list nationally Syracuse, Cheek Albany Rochester and Buffalo were named in the 25 best places to live in the Northeast survey by the group Live The towns pick for their location, festivals, food. And in the case of Rochester, it's one of the best places to live in the winter. The Flower City, known for its access to the Strong Museum of Play, the George Eastman Museum, and the home of the original Garbage Plate. Now let's get a check of sports with Randy Snavely.
4: Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Sarah, in their first game back from the All-Star break, the Buffalo Sabres had 48 shots on goal but only one of them got past the Stars' keeper Jake Ottinger and Dallas edged Buffalo two to one. The Edmonton Oilers were trying to make history last night in Vegas, but it was not to be. The Golden Knights ended the Oilers' 16-game winning streak three to one. Edmonton falls just one win shy of tying the longest NHL winning streak. Travis Konechny and Noah Cates both found the back of the net to lead Philadelphia over the Panthers in Florida Two to one. In Pittsburgh, the Penguins blank the Jets three zip. Chris Letang, Jeff Carter, and Brian Rush all scoring for the Pens. Calgary, Montreal, Vancouver, and New Jersey your other winners. To the NBA at the Garden last night, the Knicks won for their tenth time in their last eleven games, beating the Memphis Grizzlies one twenty three to one thirteen. Dante Divincenzo poured in thirty two points, and Jalen Brunson had twenty seven before exiting with an apparent ankle injury. Kyrie Irving scored 36 points against his former team to lead the Mavs over Brooklyn 119 to 107. Elsewhere, the Pacers won by 3 over Houston 132-129. The Heat blew out the Magic 121-95. In overtime, it was Chicago 129, Minnesota 123, the Thunder fell to the Jazz 124-117, and Phoenix got past Milwaukee 114-106. Not that you need it, but just a reminder, Super Bowl 58 going to be played on Sunday as the Chiefs take on the 49ers. Should be a good one. That is a look at sports. Still to come on The Noon
0: Report, a second impeachment vote. Fast food is going to cost you this year and 116 years on the earth. A big birthday to celebrate. This is The Noon Report on Family Life.
4: Hi, Breakpoint listeners. If you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you've probably heard me mention the Colson Fellows Program. As we say often at the Colson Center, our faith in Christ is personal, but it's never private. Our faith in Christ has public implications for how we live as husbands and fathers, wives and mothers, employees and employers, citizens of our country, and as servants to the body of Christ. If you'd like to grow in your ability to see how the gospel affects all of life, you should explore the Colson Fellows Program. It is well worth your time. With both in-person and virtual format options, you can even select a format that works with your lifestyle. Ready to learn more? Visit colsonfellows.org to explore the program and apply. That's colsonfellows.org.
2: Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Back in 2004, a collection of voices warned about the consequences of normalizing homosexuality. They were often mocked and dismissed for predicting how so-called same-sex marriage would usher in all kinds of other perversions. Well, last month, after three national news publications ran stories praising polyamory, these critics now seem like prophets, though their predictions should have been obvious to all. The slope really was slippery, after all. In the New York Times version, a polyamorous mom had a big sexual adventure and found herself. The New York Magazine sported a cover photo of four cute snuggling cats beneath the headline, Polyamory, a practical guide for the curious couple. And the USA Today gave readers a crash course in the supposedly misunderstood understood polyamorous subculture known as swingers. Well, for the blessedly uninitiated, polyamory is the practice of having more than one sexual partner. In other words, it's what was called in the past until yesterday promiscuity. However, as with each prior stop on the slippery slope of undefining marriage and the family, this one also abounds with all kinds of created euphemisms like open relationships, non-monogamy, throuples, swingers, and worst of all, and I'm not sure what it means, polycules. The New York Times article listed a bevy of new TV shows, movies, and books promoting polyamory as fun, even beneficial as a journey of self-discovery that will liven up your marriage, whatever that word still means in this context. Fawning over this middle-aged mom who published her polyamory exploits in a memoir, the Times explained that by opening her marriage, she, and I quote, "'Cast off internalized sexism.'" and her tendency to put others' needs before her own. Well, that last part is certainly true. It's hard to think of anything more selfish than the implied. Put yourself first. That's at the heart of polyamory. The most important thing to know about how we got here is this. Dissolving commitment as essential to sexual relationships is a natural outcome of dissolving complementarity between male and female. You see, at the heart of human society is what G.K. Chesterton called a triangle of truisms consisting of father, mother, and child. We can point to another triangle of truisms, marriage, sex, and babies. Our creator designed these things to go together. Tearing them apart has foreseeable results, both for individuals and for our society. And one of those results is that ever more selfish and loveless forms of sex become normalized as forms of self-expression. The media's polyamory push is entirely predictable. We saw it coming from miles away. But predictable is not the same as inevitable. And with social science as clear as it is around the family, there's no excuse for a lie this big to go unchallenged. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org.
3: Good afternoon. Here is your family life regional weather forecast. Our tranquil weather continues. A cold front will arrive with some showers on Friday, colder air next week, and a storm system moving up and off the Mid Atlantic coast will bring winter back to the region. In the meantime, for this afternoon, partly sunny, high temperatures into the 40s, partly cloudy tonight, low temps near 30, a partly sunny, milder than today, temperatures pushing 50. Friday, cloudy and mild, couple of showers, and high temperatures in the low to mid 50s.
0: Thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon Report on Family Life and I'm your host Sarah Harnish. Here's what's happening this Wednesday afternoon the 7th of February. The U.S. House is looking to vote again after the Mayorkas impeachment vote failed on Tuesday. It was an embarrassing political defeat for House Speaker Mike Johnson as Republicans missed it by a narrow margin to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Three Republicans broke rank joining the Democrats including California's Tom McClintock. You know when you're an outlier on a subject you better be sure you're Right. One of the deciding votes was Texas Democrat Al Green, who surprised everyone when he showed up unexpectedly in a wheelchair coming directly from the hospital after abdominal surgery.
1: I went there to help a good man keep his reputation. What they did was wrong.
0: Ben Klein is a congressman from Virginia. He says when the House votes again, likely next week, he thinks it'll pass.
2: He has to go in order just to to protect American lives.
0: No lock in Nevada. Nikki Haley suffered a bruising defeat against no one. Option two, none of these candidates scored 62 percent of the vote to Haley's 30 percent.
1: It gives Donald Trump another win, essentially, and he's expected to win the caucus where he's the only active candidate on the ballot this Thursday. But it's definitely going to be something that we can expect him to talk about and poke fun at Haley about just noting that, you know, Haley did lose to none of these candidates' options.
0: Trump was not on the GOP ballot. President Biden cruised to victory on the Democratic ticket. Overseas, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Tel Aviv today. He says Hamas has come back with a three-phase plan that demands a 135-day ceasefire, during which all the hostages would eventually be freed. Israel would withdraw its troops from Gaza, and talks would begin to end the war permanently. The rain has mostly come to an end in California, but the mudslide danger persists. Hundreds of mudslides have left homes there badly damaged.
1: The whole backyard is flooded. Some are probably
2: two feet of mud. Jesus Baron is dealing with a muddy mess. It is Hacienda Heights home in L.A. County. It came through the wall. It took down the studs. It took down everything. There have been hundreds of mudslides across L.A. since the atmospheric river first slammed into California. The powerful storm left a trail of destruction and a massive cleanup job across the most populated county in the country.
0: And despite the rain and the wind in California, the town of Willits held a birthday bash yesterday for the oldest resident in the United States. Edith Riccogno-Keenan Securelli turned 116 on February 5th. Her birthday celebration has become an annual event for the town. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. Good afternoon. Every other Wednesday, we come to you with real answers from a biblical worldview. With me is Christian counselor, Chris Anderson. Hey, Chris. Good afternoon, Sarah. Today's topic is social media use and mental wellness for minors. So last week, the big five, the owners of Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, they all stood in front of Congress and lawmakers were angered at the bullying and the trafficking and the lack of protection for minors on social media. Here's Lindsey Graham.
4: You have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product. That's killing people
0: Mom Marion Anderson In Auburn, New York Echoed what most parents Think about gaming And social media I don't know what they're doing They're on the computer Constantly You don't know Who they're talking to And you don't know What ads they're looking at Or what information They're seeing So it's very concerning All right, Chris Let's dissect this There's a lot there (laughs) It is I heard that sound bite And I'm like Yes I'm a mom of five It's exactly what I walk You spend so Mm -hmm. much time Protecting your home And keeping influences Out of it But then the kids Go get in front of the game gaming system, or they're 16 years old and been going to church camp since they were eight years old, but the stuff they're looking on their phone, you would never put on your television. What impact is social media having?
1: Well, let's just put it this way. This is a giant de facto social experiment, if I can call it that. And not that it couldn't have been foreseen to some degree when Mark Zuckerberg and others threw that switch for the first time to turn on Facebook, but social media has fundamentally changed to some degree the way people interact socially. And with respect to minors, it has increased comparison on a number of levels. In other words, minors are comparing themselves to their peers. It's also increased bullying, cases of mental illness, including depression. And in extreme cases, suicides have been attributed to not only excessive social media use, but overuse of online activities as a whole in our young people. And also in others who spend too much time online. But social media use and the constant flow of sensationalized reporting and editorializing, again, not real journalism here, and the ability to comment on the spot without giving serious thought to what you just read has given people the opportunity to rehearse really bad behavior. And that eventually comes out in action. So this isn't just a problem with our youth, but again, society-wide for folks who engage in excessive and inappropriate social media usage.
0: Okay, you just confirmed all my fears. So can the big five, <laughs> do you think they can actually put some safeguards in that will work? Is it possible? How do you even put regulations in that could stop a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old from seeing an ad or, you know, AI-generated information sure. they think is appropriate for based on what they're saying to other people? And if you don't think it's possible, what can we do to build some boundaries?
1: Well, Sarah, I don't think the question that needs to be asked is, can they, but will they? It is totally possible. The problem is that these guards have in the past been labeled as censorship. But then again, these are people who are determining what should and shouldn't be put out there. But then there are people that will protest that it's infringing on their rights and the freedom of speech and expression. Well, The problem goes deeper, Sarah, and we've lost our sense of responsibility and our individual rights have started to supersede our love for our neighbors and doing what's right. We are a society that is running around demanding our right to live according to our own truths. This is the core problem, I would say. We no longer have a sense of shared values. The more our society diverges from biblical values, the more of this that we're going to see. But your second question, Sarah, is so important. What can people do to build in boundaries? I'll tell you what, I wish we had a whole hour to discuss this, you know. So parents, listen closely. You need to start early. Monitor closely your children's online activities. Be consistent with enforcement of online rules that you, as a parent, set in place. And people aren't going to like this necessarily. Your child does not need their own device. I would argue that children under the age of 16 do not need a smartphone. And even then, you, as a parent, need to monitor their online usage if they are living under your roof and you are paying their bills. Also, get involved with your school boards. Make your voice heard. Do not allow the school administrators to dictate to you what is healthy for your children. Know what they're being taught and what sources are being used to gather information to teach your children.
0: Is there anything that you recommend for monitoring? Because I know as a mom, I I just feel very overwhelmed. I don't really like the stuff that's popping up on their screen. And a lot of time, my sons aren't even looking for it. They have really good hearts. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to seek those things out, but it's what's coming up in the scrolling or in the ads Mm -hmm. or in the stuff that's getting shared on their friends' pages.
1: You've got to keep the conversations going with your kids. And this is why I'm saying start early. Get them used to having conversations with you as a parent. And, And be honest. Tell them you're not looking to stifle them or share the danger of uncontrolled social media use. And again, you as a parent, you have to be willing to hold those boundaries firm. Over time, if you're consistent, that will have a big impact. There are also different types of software that you can install on devices for blocking inappropriate sites, particularly pornography. But again, keep the conversations open and going with your kids.
0: One uh, good friend of mine, she, she had a tactic she uses that I thought was genius with her son's Instagram account. Every week, she she followed five wholesome things on Instagram. And so he would be scrolling and all this stuff that's wholesome is coming up on on his feed, like different Bible verses, different devotions, people she was following that she wanted him to follow. Absolutely. If you want to have your voice heard, what are ways of doing it?
1: And I'll tell you what, commenting on political commentary is not the way to do it. The right people that you want to hear your opinions and concerns are not going to be scrolling through your comments, especially if you're using a name that's not your own. (laughs) I mean, commenting on online news articles simply allows you to vent, most often in an inappropriate way that only serves to increase your own anger and frustration, thereby impacting your mental health and having absolutely no positive impact on the issue itself.
0: As a counselor, do you ever have to take a social media break, just shut it all off and walk away?
1: (laughs) I'm doing it right now, (laughs) Sarah. I'm not on Facebook right now and that's for a reason. I needed a break from all the negativity that I was personally engaging in. So I'm speaking from experience here and I encourage folks to put the phone down. What I've done, I'll be honest with you, is I deleted my Facebook passwords and then I have it written somewhere that I cannot actually, I don't know what it is. I have to go and look it up if I'm going to re-engage that account. Makes it more difficult for me. None of the passwords are popping up on my computer for social media so it's been really nice actually
0: you can get really roasted on reels that play or stories that play content you wouldn't even click on it's it's just crazy the stuff that pops up in your feed i feel like we could talk about this for two hours and go go on so many good topics this is christian counselor chris anderson real answers comes to you every other wednesday you can hear more of this feature at familylife.org slash news podcasts.
3: Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. High pressure continues to dominate the local weather scene, and the result, our tranquil weather continues. And although today will not end up as sunny as yesterday, it still will shape up rather pleasantly. In fact, the nice weather will carry us into tomorrow. A cold front will arrive with some showers on Friday, colder air next week, and a storm system moving up and off the mid-Atlantic coast will bring winter back to the region. In the meantime, for this afternoon, partly sunny. High temperatures into the 40s. Partly cloudy tonight. Low temps near 30. More partly sunny. Milder than today. Temperatures pushing 50. Friday, cloudy and mild. Couple of showers and high temperatures in the low to mid 50s.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Enjoying that little break. Finally at noon, inflation has come for your fast food. Consumers are fed up with prices at the top fast food chains.
4: Why are we not talking about these fast food restaurants going up to? Almost $9 for a Big
0: Mac. Once upon a time, a few dollars could purchase a burger and fries.
3: I think people should be able to eat good food without spending much money.
0: These days, it takes a bigger bite out of your wallet. A Big Mac meal, about $18. An Egg McMuffin, $9. The CEO of McDonald's says he's focusing on affordability this year. Analysts say customers making $45,000 a year or less are ditching their Mickey D's and buying groceries instead. The price of food at home rose 1.3%, but the cost of fat Fast food is up 5% in a year. Taco Bell's expanding its value menu to 10 items under $3. Laura Murphy is senior vice president of Bolt PR.
4: Most menus these days do have something that's considered a value menu or value option, but you do probably benefit more from doing your research ahead of time. The
0: message, eat at home. And that's the world that we live in for Wednesday, the 7th of February. I'm Sarah Harnish, and this is Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.